St. John chapter 4. I think the more we look at him and the more we look at his word, the more it helps us to understand the greatness of his love and vastness of his love. And yet, how he chooses to reveal himself in such a simple way. We so appreciate it. Sure enjoyed the services this weekend? Jason is a real blessing to us. St. <clears throat> John chapter 4, let's read verse, verses 23 and, and 24. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Philippians 2 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the amorphe or the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Why? Because he loved you. We're going to pray and before we do, I'd like to make mention to you tonight to remember Brother Ron Spencer, as we pray tonight and also tomorrow, he's uh, be having a PET scan done tomorrow and then sometime tomorrow also seeing some specialists to see what they're, uh, what they're saying about his situation. That's their report, but we have another report. Amen. And the scripture asks us the question concerning that report in the book of Isaiah, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Well, I can answer the part of that for myself. I believe his report and his arm has certainly been revealed to me. I know it's been revealed to you as well. We've got other needs, of course, among us and different requests. So let's just take these before the Lord tonight as we pray. Heavenly Father, it is with great thanksgiving and appreciation of you, Lord, with our hearts tonight that we approach you. We don't desire to come with our minds. We know that since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, that Satan chose man's head, but you chose man's heart. And we know that even many people in this day, as been in the previous days behind us, many of them that were religious chose their head as the avenue by which they thought they could please you. 
And they felt like the more they understood you from their head, the more precise they could serve you. But Lord, we realize without our hearts, we are a complete failure. Intellectually, we would never be able to understand you. As a matter of fact, you do things and say things many times in a way to cause us to be even muddled in our minds. You said things when you were here to confuse the wise and the prudent, not from their hearts, but from their minds. So Lord, I pray that you would help us as we look into your word tonight. May our hearts be opened, not just our minds. Father God, we ask tonight that you be mindful of the needs among us, Lord, uh, different sicknesses and things that are still pressing on the people. But we confess tonight that you're our healer, and we believe you with all of our hearts. Father, we want to remember Brother Ron Spencer tonight, Lord. You see the test that they have set for him tomorrow. We're just asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God be with our brother. Lord, the specialist that he's going to see tomorrow. Father, we're asking, dear God, that your grace would be sufficient. You, you see exactly how these things are going to come together. You know, even the end, what they're going to say, these things are in his body. But ultimately, Lord, we're looking to you. We believe our life is brought on the earth to serve a divine purpose of God. There are not enough demons in all of hell to be able to take us from this earth until that purpose is done. Speak to us tonight from your great word, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Logos, the pillar of fire, the theophany, even the body of Jesus are attributes of the Almighty Himself. It's Him thinking about Himself in another form. Now, not making him another person or a personality separate from the original God, but attributes that he projected from himself. So he thought about himself. Now, that's more than you and I, of course, can really be able to comprehend. Maybe you tonight, your, your sisters, your mothers and your grandmothers and your daughters and maybe you've got siblings so that makes you a sister and maybe you can, uh, you're a cook and you're a homemaker and you're this and that and the other and you brothers are diversified as well and you can be various things but yet none of us can do what he did because we cannot project something out of our being and actually make it take form and become the embodiment by which we would be able to step into ourself. Now, he's the only one that can do that. Everything that we would do would be an expression of us by works, by traits, 
by characteristics, it can still only be done in this one body of ours because we are so limited in being able to move out of this. But the eternal is different from that. So when he wanted to expand his creation, when he wanted to start forming himself towards the visible realm and thought about himself as being the Logos and thought about himself as being a theophany, thought about himself as being a son, thought about himself as actually becoming a human and giving himself his own name. Now see, unlike us, we don't name ourselves, but he chose his own human name. He told the angel to tell them what to call himself. You try that sometime. Now, but yet, he chose relationships that were similar to ours, so we would at least be able to relate to him. So, out of his being, he projects Logos, Theophany, Sun, Moon, Stars, Bride, Redeemer, Healer, Overcomer, all these great things that He is. But yet only certain of those attributes was Himself revealing His personality. Now I believe I'm part of Him. How many believes you're part of Him? But you're not Him. Now, your brother Donnie, she is him. That's the entirety, but not you as an individual. I am not him and you are not him. I'm a part of him. But Jesus was him. The pillar of fire, the Logos, was him. You and I are only an attribute of his goodness and of his mercy. So God wanted to... Excuse me. Project himself. So he thought of himself as being other things. He thought of himself not as being greater, but actually being lesser. Now he couldn't be no greater. He was the eternal. So what he thought was in the direction of condescension or humility. Now you see, this is where man cannot come to unless he's born again. Man just cannot think this way. Man thinks big, above, greater, bigger. Man's always thinking that way. And he'll step on whoever he's got to step on to get there. Sad to say, a lot of Christians are the same way. But God, since there was nothing greater and could be nothing greater than He was, the greatness that He chose was to express it in a way of condescension. Now, He could have done it apart from His own being, but it would have left Him out of the loop of the very greatest part of the condescension, which was he himself 
humbling himself. And Paul picks it up here in Philippians about the Lord Jesus. Now, remember when Paul wrote about Moses in the book of Hebrews, and he said that Moses chose to suffer the reproach of Christ. Christ? You mean Christ existed way back on in the days of Moses? Now if you'll notice, he did not say he chose to bear the reproach of Jesus. Because what was revealed in the days of Moses was not Jesus. Come on now, Jesus only, at least, ouch, or, or just wave your hand or something other. But he was very precise in the word that he used that Moses chose to suffer the reproach or bear the reproach with or for Christ than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So what was Christ that Moses was identified with? What was that reproach? The revealed word of God for the hour anointed. And he also met him in the burning bush and saw him as a pillar of fire. So it was Christ, so it was the pre-Jesus incarnation of the Almighty. So they saw that it was not just Moses. They saw it was more than just the written word, but saw that it was Christ. Oh, I hope you see that tonight. You see, if all you and I look at is this message and we receive it as a bunch of do's and don'ts and can and cannot and you can't go here and you can't go there and you can't do this and you can't do that, you still don't believe this message is actually Christ. But if you believe it's Christ, then you fall in love with the author. Then to you, it is more than a bunch of books and tapes. It is the personality of your Lord that you are hearing reveal as you hear the preaching of the word. So God wanted to project himself. And he cannot go higher because there's nothing above him. So he chooses to project himself in the way that we would call down. Because down is up in God's thinking. And up is down. So God wanted to project himself. So he thought about himself as being the Logos. Thought about himself as being the pillar of fire. Thought about himself as being years later Jesus. The human body Jesus. He thought about himself as being the eternal in the eighth day overshadowing the attribute of himself sitting on the throne. And the whole thing was him unfolding the whole time. Now, I love the way that Brother Branham deals with this whenever he says this and this, catch this thought that God actually projected Jesus. So it was not, here's the old man, Father God, and here's God the Son, and he's sitting there and they're co-eternal, co-co-co-co-co, you know, it's like a pilot and a co-pilot, and if the, if the pilot dies, the co-pilot takes over. Uh, that is absolute trash and nonsense from the pits of hell. 
The devil, the prophet said, told you that they, he said he tried to tell you there's three gods so he can make a heathen out of you. Well, they tell you what he done in the message. He tried to convince the message people there's two so he wants to make a heathen out of you as well. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not two, not three, not four, not five, but our God is one. Now what's this identification? Now God had to reveal himself in his attributes. So now think of it this way, that when you look at the Lord Jesus, what he is, it's actually the attribute of God himself. So it's not another person in the sense that it is part of the Godhead that is divided. But it's God in another form or in another actor's garment. So look at it that the entirety of the canon of scripture, whenever we look at the volume of the book, that it is the father's great drama. The father wrote this play, as it were. He wrote this movie, as it were. He wrote this drama before the foundation of the world. While it was yet invisible, and he wrote many parts for many people to play. And he chose himself that he also would play various parts. Now, before the beginning, before the play was actually written, because the play started coming into existence, in the beginning was the Word. So, before it was the beginning, it was the eternal, so he was invisible, he was there in that great realm by himself, and then he started unveiling this playwright of what he wanted to do. So, the first actor in the play was the eternal in an attribute out of himself, which come on the scene of time and the curtains of time were pulled and whenever the curtains of time are drawn back what do we see? We see the very first thing into expression that eyes would be able to catch it and that was what? The word or a little white light. So then, again, the great father, he changed his actor's garment again. So he goes in behind the curtain, and he comes back out, and when he does, this time he looks like what will future be a human being, but it has eyes beyond our eyes, hand beyond our hands, and so on, because it is a theophany. So in that form, he was the word, and here he was acting out certain parts, so he's king God, he's going to be king Melchizedek, King Theophany and future King Jesus. Now then he goes in from time to time and he would come back and he would look like a pillar of fire. Then he would go in and he would come back. Now remember this is the father's part of the drama. So he would appear to Manoah and his wife. He would appear down through the Bible as lights, as clouds, as visible appearings and manifestations. He appeared and Jacob saw him and said my life has been spared for I have seen God face to face. So the father wrote out in his drama many parts for himself. But he did not want this, of course, just to be a one-part, one-man scene or a one-man drama. So he wrote out many other parts. Now, since he's going to let the drama be acted out in time, there must be written under the law of contrast. Under the law of contrast, it's good and evil, light and darkness, health and sickness, trouble and relief, uh, peace and torment. It will be under the law of contrast, so there will be many things that will be constantly the tussle back and forth between the good and the evil. 
And in that there will be people on the side of the evil and they will have their part to play out as well. Now God will also know who they are before the foundation of the world. So he could say Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Now Esau had to play his part. He had to act out his part. I hope somebody's hearing me tonight. God said the same thing about Pharaoh. You know that his part was uh, having Paul to write about in the New Testament. That God actually hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yet that was a part for Pharaoh to play. Somebody's got to be Moses. Somebody's got to be Pharaoh. Somebody's got to be bride. Somebody's got to be church. Somebody's got to be infidel. Somebody's got to be agnostic. Well, praise the Lord. But yet God knows now who are best suited for each of these parts. So God could predetermine the actors before they ever even had a choice to look at the script. So God did not allow them every mortal to come on the earth. Now this is the way that most folks preach the gospel. That God allows them to come on the earth and then they look over the script and they sit and say, no, I don't want it. No, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to go to hell. No, that's it. And the others say, okay, yeah, right. I, I like this part of the play. I think really, I, I think I decide I want to go to heaven. No, that's not the way it works at all. As a matter of fact, the same God who wrote the script already picked out the actors before they was ever born. So he could predetermine their destiny, which is what predestination means. And it was not based upon your choice. And it was not based upon him looking down through time and said, oh, this one will, this one won't, this one will. But actually those who come from the part of the Father God that the drama itself issued forth, they will be the ones and them only. Look, friends, I know sometimes you don't like to hear this, but to me, the more I go on in time, I realize that if some people live 10,000 years, if they live 50,000 years, at the end of that 50,000, they still wouldn't serve God. Then still, many of them would wait right down to the last five minutes of their existence and then try to get saved and then try to be a cheat. Come on. And they live 49,999 years for the devil and then right down the last five minutes want to get the heart to God and be able to walk on streets of gold. Oh my. But the bride of Christ, whether she lives 50 years, 50,000, 500,000, she'd still want to serve him. And if God showed her, this is my way, it's hard, it's difficult, you'll have difficult times. And God said, no, here's the other way. It will seem like it's easier. You'll be more light. You'll be more accepted. The bride don't stand there, oh, 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 any, many, many, mo. which one should I go? Oh, boy this is really hard oh this is so hard the bride said Lord I don't have to think about this I don't have to pray about this uh, let me sit down with a calculator and kind of add it all up okay on this side there's blessing 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 over here is trial 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 oh my oh my I don't know it looks out to me that the trials is outweighing the blessing you're not bride you're not bride you're one of them five minute livers that wants to live like the devil and then the last five minutes give your heart to God you you ain't fit to walk down streets of gold. You're not fit to name the name of Jesus Christ. Well, what do you say we have church tonight, saints? But you see, those far part that come from.
from the part of the father's mind that the drama was written for their part was already predetermined before they come to the earth God could say Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated now there will be mistakes that these players will make down through time but oh my love this is nothing you'll be able to do in time that will ever eradicate the thought that he had about you in eternity because eternity can never outpower, outweigh, override, overcome or ever do any disgrace to what God had in his mind before the foundation of the world. Oh brother Donnell, you look at so and so and look at so and so, oh the Lord have mercy they're too far gone, you're looking at what they are now, in five minutes time they could be right down here at this altar, in ten minutes time they could be filled with the Holy Ghost and sealed to the day of their redemption. Oh, praise the Lord. My, notice this. He said God had to reveal himself in his attributes into this person called Christ in order to take death upon himself. As Jehovah, he could not die. So he had to create himself a body. Now here's the father again. And he wrote this in part of the screen. This is part of the action that must take place. But God cannot die. So he puts on a garment of humanity and gets inside the tent which he named Jesus. Amen. Now God in spirit form cannot die. What's this? So he had to create himself a body and no woman could produce that body. His own character, amen. Excuse me when I think of it. His character projected that lovely person of Jesus Christ. But God projected his own body, his dwelling place. That's the reason he was the son of God or the humanity of God or the word of God or the tabernacle of God. Notice this, because nothing else could project it. His own divine character projected this tabernacle to express himself in so his own divine character projected this tabernacle. What was this tabernacle? It was another, amen, another change of clothes for the invisible to put on. But instead of this human body falling back down on the dust of the earth as it did in Genesis 18 when he met Abraham, he would raise this human body up and it would be his part of the earth. Now he could have done that had he desired to do so in Genesis 18, but it would have broke all the types and the shadows. But he wanted a human body himself. Can you imagine the eternal, the eternal, immortal, invisible, only wise God wanting a human body he wanted to be a partaker of this little tiny speck of dust out in the middle of this constellation of stars in this little galaxy oh my and the eternal wanted to get him a body off of that earth except it would not be a temporary body it would be a body that had come from the very eternal aspect of his mind you see in his mind he divided the thoughts and from part of his mind was those thoughts that was sharing the character of eternal essence of Zoe. There was other thoughts that he thought about actors in the drama. And the devil is only, oh, I love to tell him this. 
this. The devil is only a creature of time. He had a day he started. He will have a day he will end. And when there is no more devil, I still will be. And so are you if you're a son or daughter of God. Amen. Notice this. Again, in investments, God's great nature projected Jesus. See, all the rest of the nature was fallen. He couldn't take a prophet because he was born of sexual desire. It's a fallen nature. But God in his love projected one without sin. Therefore, this one was so perfect with the Father. Just a body that was here called the Son. That's what he was. That the Word was him. John explains in the first chapter, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh. So what did God do? God projected the Logos. God projected the Theophany. And God projected then 2,000 years ago his own human body and called himself Jesus. Jesus Christ was the express image of God. He was what God through his power projected a body which was called Son. So God didn't project this body and call the body God. Remember, it's an act of condescension. But God projected this body and called this body sonship. He loved fatherhood, but in order to become a father, he must become a son. (laughs) Glory. A body which was called son because he was a man. Can y'all say amen to that? And he come from God and was so committed to God that he didn't think of robbery that him and God being the same person. And they were. Because God was the Word and He was the Word. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. You see in our minds, we're trying to think about it as humans. Remember when you try to take your intellect, you're choosing the instrument the devil chose in the Garden of Eden. Oh, if I can figure it out, if I can figure it out, you'll go nuts and you'll be lost. You won't just go crazy, you'll be lost. You cannot use your head. God chooses your heart. He was constantly doing what the Father wanted done. And the Word could work through him till him and the Father was one. That's what. Then he took that perfect life and all of our sins and placed it on that perfect life. And he died. Oh, glory. He died that we renegades. I may not say y'all was a renegade. Hopefully you're telling the truth that you was. And you ain't one tonight. You was a renegade that we could die to who? Why did he say the devil? Because the bottom line is your greatest enemy ain't the devil. It's you. Why don't you make it one day's task to keep a record of how much you talk about yourself? I think 
I believe. Ah, 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 ah. Every time, the next time you and your wife get into a dispute, keep a record of how much of the dispute is based about you getting your way. Now look, friends, I'm going to preach with or without you all. But it definitely looks better in heaven if y'all are with me. I get blessed the same way. Think of it when you and a brother, you and a sister, you and a sibling, whatever more, and you get into it, what's it really about? It's about us getting our way. I, I, me, me, mine, mine, I, I, me, me, Probably most of us would be ashamed, ashamed if we knew how highly we exalted our greatest enemy. Well, praise the Lord. Now y'all remember years ago whenever the Lord put it on my heart to begin to show things in the message and of all the blasphemous things that I could preach showing that William Branham was a man and that William Branham had progressions in his revelation and that William Branham changed things oh my goodness to me the message folks just thought I'd, I'd cross the line I'd blaspheme the Holy Ghost Lord have mercy there ain't no way for me to be saved but I said it then I say it tonight it was not me that made Brother Branham a man it was his mom and dad whenever all these folks started leaving the message and leaving and pulling away how come it didn't devastate you all because the humanity had already been projected to you God was giving this for you to make you ready when the shaking come uh huh now for those who thought Brother Brandon was infallible and every word that went out of his mouth no wonder they were shook to pieces they were lied to Well, praise the Lord. So I wonder how it makes God feel when we idolize William Branham's greatest enemy. He never said his greatest enemy was cancer. He never even said his greatest enemy was the devil. He said his greatest enemy was himself. Amen, Brother Donnie. And yet many of the message folks still to this day deify the man's flesh. You're lying when you do it. That's right. So if I don't deify him, then little sheepies, you know for sure I ain't going to deify yours. Oh my, I want to let you know that your greatest enemy, your greatest disappointment, your greatest setback is you. My greatest setback, the very reason we're no closer to God tonight than what we are. Oh, well, it's my job, it's mine. Why don't you accept the fact it's you? You don't want to be no closer than what you are. Ooh, it's getting warm in here. So God looked at man after the fall and saw the rottenness. 
Now, I know some of you feel, well, praise God, I've been, in the, I've been in the church, I've been in the message for 60 years, 70 years, and your flesh is just as rotten today as it was 70 years ago, and you got saved. And if it ain't for the Holy Ghost, there ain't no telling what you're going to turn out to be. Look at what all these people like yours turn into. Nuts! Imbeciles! Losing their minds! Glory. So God out of his own being projected what? A human. A human. But one that didn't sin. One that could feel it. One that could feel temptation and feel anxiety and cry human tears and, and his spirit get all tore up and yet not sin. Praise God. I tell you, friends, I give up a long time ago trying to perfect my humanity. I do not work every day, every week, every month, every year. It's a total waste of time. Trying to perfect this, because this is born between Satan and Eve. I don't care if you're a Branham. I don't care if you're a Reagan. If you'd been Martin Luther's son, if the Lord Jesus would have got married and would have known a wife in the same way and sexually reproduced children, they'd had to have the Holy Ghost just like I do. Well, glory. There's only one thing that makes us acceptable in the presence of God. That's that perfect life. There are no perfect human beings. So quit worrying about trying to perfect yourself. What you want to do is subject, not perfect. There's one perfection that will come for your flesh, and that's in the body chains. God had one perfect human being, and he gave that one for all the rest of us imperfect ones. Oh, glory. He took that perfect life and all of our sins and placed it on that perfect life. He died that we renegades could die to ourselves and be born of above. And his word could work through us the works of God. And still living in this rotten, sorry, good for nothing. <laughs> Take your wings off. Don't put your horns on, but just, you know, just remain neutral if you can. <laughs> of God in your own soul because you look at that supernatural work that he's done and you will look at that and judge it by the failure of your humanity and say well God ain't done nothing to me don't you say that Amen. Woo. 
His own loving character. Oh my, these sermons here, identification. The one he preached in Phoenix, January in 63. And then the other one that he preached, my, my two favorites, the ones that he preached in Tulare in February of 64. You're talking about powerful. You know, it's like, it's like when Brother Branham, God would deal with him. It may be the same title, and it may be even sometimes the same scriptures. But according to the needs and the audience that he would preach, also I've already heard that one. Uh, just because you've heard that title don't mean you've heard that sermon. Because the congregation would determine, their needs would determine which way he would go on them scriptures and notes and so on that he had before him. You see, it was like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Neither of them wrote a perfect biography of the life of the Lord Jesus. And if you'll notice each of those authors, they neither one of those four men actually ever sat down and wrote a true, their own personal perspective of the Lord Jesus. You never find Matthew 7, I'll tell you one thing, this is what I believe and this is what I saw, or Mark or Luke or John. Instead of them surmising and saying, this is what I viewed, they let him do the talking himself out of their book. There's a real Christian. Instead of us saying, oh, I'm this and I'm that and I believe this and I'm a pretty good old fella, why don't we shut up and let him do the talking out of the book of our lives? Woo! Boy, y'all like to tore this place down this weekend. Now you're about to turn me down. Man, lie, maybe I can get Brother Jason and come back up this weekend. Well, Hallelujah. Notice this, his own love projected Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Now, the Christ come before the Jesus, but the Jesus had to follow the Christ in order to make it the full description of God's reflection. Amen. Glory. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was God manifesting himself, not some other person, but himself in a body form. God thought of himself as being a human. And he said, when I become a human, I'm going to name myself. Since it was the custom of the father to name the son... <laughs> Satan was before the throne of God and he kept looking at that invisible light and he, he said I, I don't see nothing change but yet you know, imagine when Jesus stood there and said you think it's something huh he said what about the son of man which is in heaven and Satan said the son of man I thought he said that was him so which one is he? Well, where is he? Where is he from? <laughs> Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And there he stood, flat-footed, right on the top of the earth. Glory to God. Notice that was God manifesting himself. So God thought about himself. You see, unlike us, we start at the bottom working in a company. We start out minimum wage, pushing a broom. 
And then we get around them other people that make nearly double our, our hourly wage. We say, what do you do? Well, I'm an electrician and I do this and I do that. Wow. Reckon I could get, well, now, you know, this company, they, they'll, they'll pay for you getting a degree. Really? Oh, my. So you've been, I could be making so-and-so. Yes, sir. If you've, you've got the ability and the wit and the know-how and the strength and stamina to get into it, I'm going to do it. I ain't always going to push this broom. Boy, they'll get self-help books. How to not be a dummy all your life. How to not be a broom pusher all your life. They go to Barnes and Noble. They go online and they read and they read. You'd be surprised the millionaires in this world of ours that started out at the bottom. But they didn't want to remain at the bottom. So they're going to do whatever they got to do. But God wasn't at the bottom. He was at the top. But he said, I'm going to go to the bottom. I want to go so low. I want to go lower than any of my children could ever go. I want to go lower than any, oh hallelujah, any mortal could ever go. And once I go to the bottom, I will turn around and start climbing. And I'll bring my children out of every dimension as I come back up. I don't care where you are tonight, how low you are. You ain't never been as low as our mighty God was. That was God manifesting himself. Not some other person, but himself. So the invisible. So here we got this guy down at the River Jordan. Long beard, smell like a polecat. Didn't brush his teeth, the prophet said. Hair all hanging down, scrubby looking, eating locusts and wild honey. Tell him, you better repent. You better get right with God. And all of a sudden, the river started lapping its waves around the feet. The little guy, five nine or so, 130 pounds maybe. As soon as he gets closer, his eyes and John's eyes meet. And all of a sudden, John says, that's him. And he said, why do you come to me? I need to be baptized of these suffered to be so. So he takes the word. He takes the sacrifice. And when he brings the sacrifice out of the water, here comes Papa. This is my beloved son in whom perfect fit. Wow. This is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased. Now, what would you think? Would you think this suit more than likely was probably bought for me? Now, what if I put it on and the sleeves come up to about right there on that coat? Y'all look at me and... I know what some of y'all do. Some of y'all be calling my wife tomorrow and say, what size suit did Brother Donnie wear? By the weekend, I'd have a dozen new ones. 
Why? Because you'd feel so sorry for me. Say, poor old fellow, did you see that? His britches was plumb up yonder. Look at that. But does it look like to you that this fits just right? It feels pretty nice, actually. So you don't know my size, but I'll tell you. <clears throat> it's a 40 regular, sometimes a long, depending on the cut and the make and so on. So here God, amen, God needed a suit of clothes that were tailor-made. from a catalog they wasn't a catalog big enough they wasn't a catalog supreme enough they wasn't a catalog divine enough so God made his own clothes and then God come down and and put that humanity around him and said perfect fit Lord children don't you see that's what the bride's gonna be in the last days the bride of Malachi 4, Ephesians 4, it would be a perfect fit for the Almighty. What's this in future home? I'm going to skip just a paragraph and a paragraph and a paragraph to be able to help you see a thought here. Paragraph 306, here come God down upon his earthly tabernacle, Jesus. In descending out of heaven, Jesus was baptized and went straightway. Paragraph 311, and here come descending out of heaven a form. Wow. So here the fullness of the Godhead bodily does not come this time in a pillar of fire. All of Israel would have known that and said, oh, 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 look at that, look at that. So to break traditional form, he changed his image. You see, this age is looking for Jesus to come as son of man a long-haired Galilean. Instead of us through the ministry, excuse me for saying so, of a bald-headed Kentucky. Or if it had been a barefooted, long-haired Galilean in a long flowing robe, they'll say, oh, that's the son of man, that's the son of man. But he changed the tradition and put it in what? Oh, glory to God, in a way that the elect would know who it was. Because no matter what garments he puts on, the elect always know it's him. So here in the interval from the silent years of the humanity into the birthing now. So instead of God taking on a pit or fire, 
pillar of cloud, a bush. He says, this time I ride in the drama, a dove. So here comes the eternal. Can you imagine? The eternal. The attribute of the fullness of the Godhead. Flying like a dove. Look, friends, it wasn't a Boeing 747. It was not some type of Abrams tank. It was not a a helicopter. It was not a Blackhawk. It was not an F-16 fighter. But a dove. Which what's amazing, absolutely amazing and phenomenal. Doves are constantly around the Jordan River. Doves have to have water. So you imagine doves around the River Jordan was an everyday sight. So when the devil looked up and saw the doves, it just another dove. <laughs> That's the way they look at us. Oh, just another cult member. Oh, just another holy roller. Oh, glory. And John brings him up out of the water. Here he comes. And it comes down and all the hustle and the bustle and then all of a sudden that dove disappeared. The devil said, Joseph, where the dove went? Maybe about that same time a flock on the other side just The demon sat up. They went up with him. <laughs> so here come the father. And he stepped inside his clothes. He said, Ah, oh, sleeves just right. 33, 34. Pants, 34. One leg, three quarters of an inch, Carol, longer than the other one, him just right. I can't take my pants to a, you know, a place like that to do it. My wife has to do it because one leg's longer than the other one. So if they unmatched them all up, I'd come out here and warm my britches. I could be higher than that. I look really funny. So I got to have custom made stuff. Well, the Pharisees had a suit out for God, and the Sadducees had a suit out for God. But God said, I wouldn't look right in that suit. I wouldn't look right in that. Oh, hallelujah. God said, I'll make my own suit. rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it all the Baptists want to make him a church the Methodists want to make him a church he said I'll make my own church thank you here come God do y'all believe that God God Almighty God, Brother Jim, about that big? If he can live in a dove, can he live in me? Can he live in us? Here come God down upon his earthly tabernacle, Jesus. Notice this, paragraph 311. Here he come descending out of heaven, a form of a dove, and a voice saying, this is my part. 
This is his first claim now. To where he claims the earth <laughs> as contributing to his immorphite. This is my part of the earth that I have redeemed. What did God do to redeem the body of Jesus? He was not a sinner. He was not lost. But God came in him. Oh, Brother Don, if I can just be sure I'm going in the rapture. God comes in you. You're going, brother. This is my part of the earth that I have redeemed. And from this part of the earth. Now think about it, friends. Instead of the Elijah of Malachi 4 of the last day saying this, just this way right here in future home. The Elijah of Malachi 3 could have said these exact words when he baptized him and he come up out of the earth. Then it could have been John the Baptist with the spirit of Elijah on him saying, this is my part of the earth. And with this part, I will redeem the rest of it. But it would have been too clear to have said it then. But when it's close to the culmination and the last names are being identified in the book, now you can say it, the mystery's revealed. <laughs> this is my part of the earth. And I will redeem the rest of it. For he is my word. Made manifest the whole world. I spoke into existence by my word, my son. Hebrews 11, and Satan has held it all this time, but I've come to redeem it. So much of it has made his body, and I'm coming to dwell in it. You say, Billy Donnie, why do you always have to read them quotes? Why don't you just read the scriptures? Well, I can. But he just adds more light to what them scripture says. And God illuminated it in such a way, it just does my heart so good. When I do. embellish the scripture it does not replace the scripture it simply throws more light we've read that water baptism for years and years and years but under the illumination of Malachi 4 it makes the same scripture so much more profound and open can I have a few more minutes oh glory to God paragraph 3.13 Jesus was part of that earth. Jesus, now not Christ. Jesus, the sonship, the humanity. You see, when Mary fed his body, when she carried him in her womb and her food coming into his body, 
He was being a partaker of the earth. In the earthly substance. So you imagine the barley, the wheat, the rye, the corn, you know, all the dried fruits and the almonds and pistachios and whatever more that they would have eaten. And as she was feeding, the word was feeding on earthly nutrients. So his body was already becoming identified with the earth. He wasn't eating angel's food. She didn't have, you know, uh, almonds and pistachios and dried fruits for her. And then she had, uh, uh, well, here's Genesis 1-3 for my baby. And here's Genesis 3-4 for my baby. Her baby was eating while she's eating. Let me just give you a clue, friend. If you find yourself feeding on sports all the time, you find yourself feeding on the price of the dollar and the price of gold and the price of that and that and other, and you don't ever feed on the Word of God, and you wonder why you've lost your revival? What are you feeding your baby? <laughs> so here Jesus was a part of the earth. So the washed earth, he answered to Noah's baptism. The washed earth comes up. God could not have went in him till after he was baptized. When he comes up out of the water, you imagine the sheets of water just rolling off of his face. And he comes up the wet word. <laughs> John said he that sent me to baptize said on he whom you see the spirit of God descending this is he that will baptize with the Holy Ghost so here stands the prophet in the water And the word is washed and comes up the sacrifice. And here comes Papa. Ooh, 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 ooh. So he changed his mask and went in behind the veil of a human. Isn't it amazing? One of the first things God wanted to experience was temptation. He never healed the sick first. He never walked on the water. He never raised the dead. But he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. God said, I want to know first thing. First thing, I want to know, how could David do me that way? How could Moses do me that way? How could Jeremiah say, I'm speaking no more in the name of the Lord. God said, I want to know, how do they feel when they feel like quitting? When they feel like giving up? How do they feel? So God puts on his garments and he goes without food, without water. It gets weaker, weaker, 
I ain't talking about you all that don't eat from 8 o'clock till 9.30. Y'all about to pass out. Oh God, I've got something to snack. I'm talking about days. Days. He never conquered Satan as God. But he conquered the devil as a man with the Holy Ghost feeling nothing using the word. He never even let on who he was. And Satan said, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, he never even addressed that situation. He just ignored him. Quit trying to argue with the devil. Devil, I'll tell you one I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. When you get done, at the end of the day, he'll say, if you're a son of God. So you wasted all day long trying to prove to somebody that ain't going to believe it know how. As long as you believe it, that's what matters. If you believe it, then you go right on and say, devil, shut your mouth. I ain't got time to listen to you. God may have an appointment to speak to me at 9 o'clock. And why do I want to fill my mind with your gibberish? So you're God in the soul. And Jesus having a spirit. This temptation running in on the flesh, running in on the spirit as any other mortal, feeling identical the way you would. And then it runs into the soul. And when it runs to the soul and the spirit with reason, imagination, conscience, memory, and the soul bounces back. I'm the Lord thy God. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Him only shalt thou serve. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. As a man with the Holy Ghost, not as Jehovah, as a man. God really wanted to be convinced since he was in there 40 days. Jesus never walked on water 40 times. Jesus never raised the dead 40 times. We have no record that Jesus opened blinded eyes 40 times. God wanted to cover every aspect of human temptation. Why? He knew all of his children wouldn't open the eyes of the blind. He knew all of his children wouldn't walk on water. But he knew all of his children would face temptation. Praise God. <laughs> Notice in paragraph 616. Think of it. The Holy Ghost descending upon earth. Jesus. Earth. Jesus. Friends, don't let this stumble you. This should answer some of y'all's questions that you have. And who is Melchizedek? Jesus had a day started. And the day he died. Jesus could give his life. This man couldn't. He was life. Jesus was the heirs of God. 
It was God's pants. God's tie. God's shirt. You want to know one of the happiest times of my life? When I get done preaching. When I can go home and take off all these wet clothes. From here down. Why? They don't feel comfortable. Now if I'm outside working the sweat and I'm a sweating up a storm, fine. But when I get done preaching, I want to change course. So are these me? Answer me, are they? I hope not. Because that means I take me to the dry cleaners. There ain't no telling how I'm treated when I get there. Carol's going to throw this part of me in the washing machine. But I step into this. And then I step out. And I put on something that's more comfortable to my zone. A pair of blue jeans and a comfortable t-shirt. Now that would not be fitting for me to come to this pulpit. I'd look like one of these modern day hippie preachers, wouldn't I? Now you've got to be honest. You all would think less of me if I stood up here in the pulpit and preached in some of the clothes some of you men wear. Oh my God. God put on these clothes. He didn't need to wear them for long. Once he accomplished his purpose, he could raise the clothes the entire wardrobe back up into glory and change it eternally. Praise God. Don't you love him? Don't you understand, friend? Why the prophet said in things that ought to be, have you made preparation to change coats? God's got a new coat for you all. I know some of you young ones can't appreciate that, but wait till you get a few years on you, you'll appreciate it a whole lot more. Your teeth go to falling out and your hair falls out and everything else falls out with it. You're looking for that new coat. <laughs> Amen. Is that right? My. Think of it, the Holy Ghost descending upon earth, Jesus. That holy blood. Now watch, I hope it don't go too deep for you. The holy blood that was created by God, the blood, the life, the creation of God. Jesus was the beginning of the creation of God. God made, God made in creation. So there again, we don't want to go that way. Why would a creator want to become less and become a part of his own creation? We think higher, higher, bigger, greater, up, always out, out, out. But he thought out of his box, as we'd say. He got out of his box. And from eternity looking, as Brother Michael showed you here a few weeks ago, about the earth in comparison to the sun and then Antares and all those things as you kept going out, going out. Oh my, it's just phenomenal when you look at it. And finally the earth gets about the size of a speck of sand. 
So you imagine sitting on the circle of eternity. What all those septillions of stars. And him looking down through and said, <laughs> I like that one. I like that one best of all. It's not the biggest. It's not the brightest. But I like it. That's enough. In reality, it don't make no difference that the world don't like us. I mean, some of us are so bad, I'm not sure our mom and daddy's liked us. <laughs> but what matters is, he did. Less than a speck of dust. And he said, hey, you, little you, me, little me. Yeah, you. I chose you before the foundation of the world. I wrote Jesus' name first as the first human. And I wrote your name down there under it. You were always mine. You always have been. And you always will be. And I don't love like you love. You think I love you more when you do everything right. And you think I love you less when you mess up. But just to update you, I love you the same. When you're up, when you're down, when you're in, when you're out, when you're doing everything right, which you don't do very often, but that few seconds that you do, and you feel so proud of yourself, I love you when you're miserable. I love you when you're sick. I love you when you're down on yourself and you're down on everybody else. My love for you is eternal. I loved you when you were out there in the world of darkness. For I knew one day you would come to me and I would birth you by my breast. Praise God. Don't you love him, saints? No wonder the prophet said one day we'll be gathered around the throne and we'll say, Papa, I was lost and you saved me. Oh, Papa, I was wretched, I was poor, I was blind. And you move for me. Papa. Let's pray together. Praise God. How many would raise your hand to the Lord tonight and say, Lord, help me to see the word more clearly. Help me to see me, the real me. Help me, Lord, not to try to Focus on perfecting this flesh, but subjecting it. Lord Jesus, I have my hands raised. Father God, we are so blessed to be able to bow our heads and call you Father. Thank you for letting us have a little part of this great drama. I remember, Lord, as a little boy, when I first got saved, started going to my Uncle Harold's church, they had a Christmas play one year, and I wasn't big enough to memorize no words and maybe say much. I shined backward, didn't want to get up before a crowd. So they needed somebody 
to play the part of a crippled boy. And I didn't have to say anything. Just right at the very end of the play or the service, I was to say, and may God bless us all. Little did I know then, as I started acting out my infancy of my days of the life in the drama. I'm still shy, backward, don't like to speak before a crowd. But my part has changed. Hallelujah. But Lord, I want to say I love the author of this drama even more now than I did then as a little boy. We've seen a lot of actors come on the stage and fall off and a lot of them miss their parts. And We've seen some horrible things happen. But our mind is just as made up tonight, our heart, we're just as determined to fulfill our part in this drama. For we know that those also have a part to play. Someone must be the hypocrite. Someone must come and then walk away. That's in the drama. Some will come and cast out devils and do great signs and wonders. And yet stand before you that day and be cast into the lake of fire. That's what the drama says. But Lord, I have to preach the other parts. But I don't want to focus on their part for my life. What I want to do is focus on my part for me. And since you've called me, Lord, to kind of be a director, as it were, of helping these other folks find their parts. Lord Jesus, help me that I can inspire and instill and instruct and inform of the position that you have given them. Oh God, encourage them day by day not to pull their focus away to any earthly thing, away from their part in the drama. We know we get sidetracked, and for that we say we're sorry. Forgive us, Lord. We repent tonight before you, Lord Jesus, and ask you to help us. Thank you, Lord. So you thought of yourself as being a human, and you thought of us human as being glorified. What a great, mighty God you are. You saw the end story from the beginning, and you saw yourself glorified in a human body. And you knew it would only be fitting for glorified human bodies to be around you. So that's your bride. Beautiful, beautiful story of redemption. Thank you, Father. May we leave this place tonight, Lord, with our hearts stirred. May it make us want to get out the drama again and read it over and over. To make sure we find our part. It's very unlikely that we're going to find our part in, on Facebook. It's very unlikely that we're going to spend a lot of our time on Instagram and find the Father's drama for our life. But we're going to find it in the Word and in prayer and in meditation of what our life is supposed to be. Help us, Lord. 
Praise God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Can we just raise our hands for just a few moments before I let you go? I know you kids have got school and y'all got to work and all that, but let's just take a few moments if we could. Because you see, when I go to studying His Word, I find it's written in the drama that the people would worship Him. I find it's written in the drama that they would lift their hands and they would actually lift their voices. And they would say certain things like, praise the Lord. We worship you, Lord. You want to know why I do that, friends? It's part of the drama. It's part of what he wrote, so apparently he must really like it. This is what he said his people would do. Hallelujah, they'd say. Praise the Lamb of God, they would say. Blessed be the name of the Lord, they would say. Hallelujah. It's part of who we are as the people of God. It's written in our spiritual DNA to worship Him. He loves to be worshipped. Well, if He loves to be worshipped, then I want to minister to His needs because I'm part of His wife. My, my, how I appreciate texts and emails and phone calls and things like that after service and Brother Donnie, thank you. That helped me so much. That meant so much to me. Oh, you don't know what God did for me. And oh, I appreciate that. And it's an encouragement to me. But I'll tell you one thing. I love hearing that little wife of mine saying, oh, it was so good. Thank you. Because I know she'll be honest with me. I know she'll tell me the truth. She's not a flatterer. Amen. I love hearing that. Oh, Jesus hears all the charismatic and he hears all the crazy people and all them, you know, the praise and ooh and all and all that sort of thing. But who he's wanting to hear is his sweetheart. Because he knows her character. She's true. She's genuine. If she tells him she loves him, hallelujah to God, he knows she means it. If she tells him, you're my everything, he knows that she don't say, just say that to him tonight and then say it to the devil tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I heard the prophet say it yesterday, Jesus pulling up his wife and whispering secret things to her. He said, you know how you do that to the little girl that you're going to marry, that's going to be your wife? And you pull her up real close and you whisper them secret things to her. He said, that's what Jesus is doing to the church. Not these flirters. Not these flirters. You see, that's what a lot of folks are in Christianity. They're flirters. They flirt with Jesus. They flirt at Him. Oh, they wink at Him. They wave at Him. They smile at Him. Hi, Jesus. Hi, Jesus. And they flirt. I don't want to be a flirter. I want to be his wife. He don't reveal his secrets to flirters. Only the wife. How I many wants to be that, friends? Praise God. Can't you see why he did all this for you? So he could, oh, but Brother Donnie, you don't understand me. You don't, you're right, I don't. But God does. God does. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
sing something here. Let's just worship just a little bit before we go. Can, can we have just a few more minutes of your time before we go? Now, I'm not worth five more minutes of your time, but Jesus is worth all the time that you have left in your life. Let's just praise Him just a little bit now. Let's just love Him. Oh, my, He's been so good to us. He's blessed us so much tonight as we've heard about His Word. Praise God. You deserve the glory. Yes, Lord Jesus. And the honor. Yes, Lord we Jesus. lift our hands to worship. Because it's part of your drama. As we lift your holy name, you deserve the glory. Just close your eyes now. Shut the world around you. And the honor, all oh, the honor, Lord. Lord, we lift our hands to worship. Hallelujah. As we lift your holy name for you are
Blessed be the Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father. It's also written in the drama. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent those which are asleep. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, we which are alive and remain. That's part of the drama. Lord, I believe with all of my heart there's people standing in this building right here tonight that will not die. It's coded in their spiritual DNA to partake of that body change. Praise be to God. It's part of the drama. Some will go by the way of the grave. Others will be here alive and be changed in a moment. Part of the drama was prefigured in Enoch's life. The seventh from Adam. Amen. All the rest of them died. All the predecessors before him died. But the drama, hallelujah, the drama with Enoch's name on it. Who knows, he might not have even known it to the very day of the rapture that he was going to be changed that way. But Father handed him the change part of the drama. Maybe in them words that the prophet quoted over and over again, Enoch, you're closer to my house than you are to yours. Maybe right then, rapturing faith hit Enoch's soul, and he realized he wasn't going to have to die. Praise God, when his name was revealed, it was unsealed, that part of the father's drama unsealed Enoch's destiny, and he saw he was going to be changed. Thank you, Father. Go with us now, Lord. Bring us back this weekend, we pray. We love you, Jesus, with all of our hearts, Father. Praise God in Jesus' name. And the church said, Don't you appreciate his goodness? Has he been good to you? Has he been so good to you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You deserve the glory And the honor Lord, we lift our hands and worship As we lift your holy name You deserve glory and the honor Lord we lift our hand and worship as we lift your holy name
to pray for Brother Larry Elliott. Maybe you already prayed for him. I'm sure you heard that Brother Larry had cut his arm on a saw and initially they thought it was, it was going to be really, really bad. But the Lord moved for our brother and I heard from him just before service and he just so rejoiced in thanking you all for your prayers. But we just got really, really close to the bone, to the tendons. Uh, you know, we're just so thankful to God that God spared him. We want to just pray for him that no infection or anything. Can we do that before we go? Anybody else have a need or request you'd like for us to remember? Look, look here, children. Look around. Look at all these hands. Look at all these hands. They signify need. Let's just pray and we'll, we'll, we'll be dismissed. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy to Brother Larry yesterday, Lord. Dear God, Sister Tanya calling me, Lord, and just, I could hear it in her voice and just weeping and crying and sobbing. Lord, I so thank you for helping our brother and the pictures that she sent to Carol today. Lord, it was just horrendous to look at it. But we're so grateful 
Lord, even you didn't tell us that things like this wouldn't happen, but you promised you'd be with us and help us. Lord, had it been a quarter of an inch more, had it been just a half of an inch getting into the bone and the tendons and the fingers, and Lord, we thank you for your mercy, Brother Larry. Lord, it's been a blessing to us, Father, not only us, but people around the world that are blessed by his ability that you gave him to be able to play the piano. We thank you for that, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray that you just be with our brother. May there be no evil that will come of this, Lord. No infection or nothing that will hinder him there, Lord. May he just heal up well. God, we just believe you will. Now, Father, all my, all the rest of these hands that was uplifted, God. Maybe spiritual, maybe healing in the body, financial burdens in their home, difficulties. Lord Jesus, you know every, every need, every request. We join our faith together tonight. Because the drama tells us, whatever you ask in my name... I will do it. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Little children, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Promise after promise written in the Father's drama. Lord God, may you minister to the needs of your people, Lord. Lord, we thank you, dear God. Brother Andy Gisson then is doing so good. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for your mercy, Lord. We know even in, in, in the situation that it's been, it's an absolute marvel and miracle of what you've done. Lord, had he listened to the advice of another doctor and stayed at the other hospital, Lord, this situation would have been irreversible. But thank you, Father, you had another plan in your mind. We're so grateful, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Continue to be with our brother. All those that are needs of your people around the world. For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus we ask it. Amen. God bless you, saints. Go in the fear of God. Love you with all my heart. See you this weekend. God bless you. And the church said, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.